And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. In some ways, this comes as no surprise. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to their second consecutive Super Bowl. In some ways, that's the craziest sentence that has been uttered in human history. The fact that it was kind of no surprise that the Chiefs are back where they ended up last year, heading to Florida for yet another Super Bowl. This time, it's against Tom Brady, uh, as opposed to last year being against Jimmy G, neither of those years against the Patriots, uh, which because they're in the NFC, obviously, but a couple of Patriots cast-offs. Maybe this whole show's about Bill Belichick today. How do you think he feels, guys? The Chiefs mm. are going back to the Super Bowl, by the way. Just one more time. The Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. They're AFC champions two years in a row. Patrick Mahomes never does anything other than play in AFC championship games and win them at least two-thirds of the time. Yes, and I just want to inform everybody that the band is back together. I am going to step away from the microphone. This man just came back from vacation. His team's going back to the Super Bowl. Um, the floor is yours, Seth Kaiser. I held a hammerhead shark. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Was that a quote from Dan Campbell's press conference? That feels like something you would have said. <laughs> you chew off their kneecaps, and then you get a hammerhead shark and put a laser on its forehead, and then you let it chew off their kneecaps. You know what? Maybe Dan Campbell will do well. That was a weird. I was. It was a sad week for me to be on vacation, guys, because I was just like, man, I need to talk to someone about this. And you know, like I, I try to talk to my my wonderful wife Jazz about things like that. And on the list of things that she cares about. You know, a coach giving a weird presser is not among them. <laughs> and so I was just left basically, you know, talking to the ocean about it. You know, sitting there listening to the waves going, can you believe that Dan Campbell? And the ocean as ever was indifferent. So <laughs> other than that, it was a great vacation. Other than nature being entirely indifferent to our to our tiny, short, meaningless existence. Well, Man, also, eat also. Also, eat, and eat Arby's. You, you also, you didn't miss much. It's not like uh, the Chiefs <laughs> ended up in their AFC Championship game for the third consecutive Super Bowl! year. It's not like Patrick Mahomes was while while you were on vacation was was as far as I can tell, existing in purgatory, hanging between life and death because you just never know between the toe and the concussion protocol. Uh, you mentioned this before the show, Seth. I'm I'm worried that you might. You might bring bad luck that maybe you were what was holding the cheese. <laughs> oh, back. don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> you know, I, it's it's worth at least considering. Although, let's let's keep in mind, Chiefs Chiefs hadn't won a Super Bowl in 50 years before times are started. Great point. Great now, point. Now, now they're making their second consecutive Super Bowl, which again, I, because I was on vacation. And, you know, you know, it's easy to get like in your own little world, right? When you're on vacation, yeah. you're just doing all vacation-y stuff, which, by the way, since, you know, hey, Nate, when you get sent to Tampa, if you get sent to Tampa, I highly recommend Anna Maria Island as the place where you should stay. Get a VRBO for like, you know, a, 
an amount of money. Um, Nate, don't Nate, don't worry about it. You can stay with my family. I told Ooh, I yeah, told them I told them I wasn't going to give Seth their address, but I'll give it to you though. You can you can definitely hang. <laughs> yeah. It is. It, it was awesome, but because I was on vacation, it never really sank into me like the enormity of it all. Right? Like it's winter, go home. It's playoffs time. I was always doing something else, and I was a little bit out of the loop, and so it just didn't like it didn't really hit the same way until it became pretty much a sure thing in the fourth quarter. And I was just like, they're going to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. Mm-hmm. There are franchises that have never done that. Gone to two consecutive Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland oh. Browns. <laughs> there are a lot of franchises that haven't done that. And they also, and I, so I know we're going to talk about all these things, but it's just the enormity of the moment. And also I tweeted this last night um, with the only appropriate gif, which would be a Scarface gif. Say hello to the bad guy, NFL. The Chiefs are the villains. They sent home a couple of great families. You see how angry the Bills were at them? Yeah. Ooh, that's that how chippy. mad you get at the big brother that you can't beat. And I'm here for it. Can we talk about Stefan Diggs Ooh. just standing there Ooh. in the midst of his own, you know, defeat? Uh I haven't seen that in a long, long time. And I'm I'm fascinated to see where the Bills are uh, this time in a year. But as much as Seth is mentioning the, the unrelenting anger that we can't catch these dudes. We literally mm-hmm. can't catch them and we can't run away from them. Um, Stefan Diggs watching the Chiefs celebrate kind of says everything about the way the AFC is now currently constructed. Like the opponents are literally watching the chiefs run by them and hoist the trophy that gets them into the Super Bowl. That's I I like that, that the imagery there is nice. I was busy thinking about like the idea of like Stefan Diggs trying to do his own version of the Earl Thomas come get me thing, (laughs) which I'm sure that's not what that was. I mean, I, he, I, let, let, let no rumors start. That is I mean, not. I mean, that's what I would do. I don't if think I were him, him and Bashad Breeland are going to be in any <laughs> locker room near you anytime soon. Man, Ba came to play. He was, uh, he was playing. Did you just chippy. call him Ba? Yeah. You know how? That's you know, not a thing, right? It is a thing. Tyron <laughs> Matthew the, calls him that. That's the sound sheep make. Why don't you argue with the honey badger, my friend? I I don't want to. <laughs> That's why. I, but I just it was such an interesting dynamic. And the isn't Chiefs he defense, breezy, Nate? Isn't he breezy? He I thought breezy. he was breezy. Watch. Okay, so uh, watch the uh, and and look. I'm not nearly I'm, cool I'm enough a, to call I'm gonna let it hang. Bob. But I'm not was, the landlord. But I'm, watch, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let watch. it hang. But but the spag as Spagnola would say. Yeah, you know, 21 Breezy. Like, he says it <laughs> yeah. with such fluidity. Like, he should be on the ad-libs of, you know, 26 100%. Breezy's uh, rap tracks. That's, ex- it, that's exactly what I was just thinking. It's like an breezy. ad-lib. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I, my goodness. How good would always, that be? I've thought of him as Ba ever since I watched the uh, mic'd up from the Super Bowl. And when, when Tyron Matthew tells him, I've got you over the top, you know, you know, stay tight on this one, he calls him Ba. Says, stay tight on this one, but I got you over the top. And I was like, I kind of like that. It abbreviates everything. It's one syllable, and it's like a short syllable. It's basically the least amount of effort you can put into a noise. Like I would, I would argue that you test that theory every week on this show, but that's fine. Wow, I'm sorry, that was vicious. Understand? Like what? (laughs) This is we're back. 
It's yeah. good to have you back, Seth. It's good yes. to have you back. It's lovely to be back. But I'm excited to talk about, I mean, all of this. The The Chiefs are the new villain in the NFL. And you saw it happen. You you know who a villain is? Like, it's not even always on purpose. The Patriots were an easy villain because, you know, they, like, cheated and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it also, what made them more irritating wasn't that they cheated. Like, that bothered me. But they were so good. And you just couldn't beat them when it counted. And all that players were left to do was be frustrated and look at the officials and maybe throw a ball on someone's head (laughs) from the ground because they were mad. Like, that is the ultimate kid brother. There's nothing I can do about this. We're playing one-on-one in the driveway. You're up 10-1. You're not going to let me score again. So I'm going to huck the ball at you and hope that you don't beat me up afterwards because I'll tell mom if you do. That was that kind of moment. And I'm kind of here for it. I like it. Well, and it's the, I mean, the, it's the crazy thing that I, I tried not to zoom too far out from right now, because again, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say both of these two things. I'm going to repeat myself very much on purpose here. This is pretty much where the Chiefs were expected to end up. And that fact is even more ridiculous than the fact that they're here again, like by a long shot, like to, to see, I think, I think now 14 teams uh, have, have gone back to back to back Super Bowls. The Chiefs hosted three straight AFC championship games mm-hmm. and won two of them. I mean, the the level of like, oh yeah, I mean, the, it, this became normal so quickly. We accepted this as normal so fast. And it's just like, all right, now we move on to the Super Bowl. All right, next game up. I mean, the 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 difference between this podcast that we're doing right now and the one that we did after whatever game they won in week nine feels relatively minimally different which I don't really want to let happen because they're going back to the Super Bowl again. Like, think about where we were 365 days ago whenever they were going back to their first Super Bowl in a million mm-hmm. years. Even that felt very different because they got over a different hump. Now it's just like, oh, yeah, we'll run it back. This is We've been talking about running it back literally since the parade. Since the literally parade, since the parade. For an entire year, Josh. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing that I would add to that because you make such a great point about just – Okay, this was this was expected and it happened and it feels formulaic and, and just yeah. in a in a lot of weird ways. But you know, as I wrote in the athletic and I tried to put myself as to where I was, you know, analyzing and watching this team and obviously reporting on them a year ago versus last night was last year was so much of like, we did it. We finally did it. Look at us. We're a Disney story. We finally <laughs> We finally did it. 50 years. Like, they were Ted Lasso before Ted Lasso in a lot of ways. <laughs> this year, it was about, we're going to shut everybody up. Last night <laughs> was literally, shut your mouth. Who said something? You shut your mouth, too. <laughs> and, oh, you thought the you really thought the Bills was going to walk into this for the first time and go toe-to-toe with us for 60 minutes. They spotted them nine points. And then the game started. And that is the most terrifying thing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They that, shut you up when you're winning. Like, that, <laughs> I can't Like I yeah. can't imagine a Buffalo's Bills fan to some degree thinking like, oh, my God, this is our time. Like, even the mistakes are going our way. Like, like we're actually playing pretty well, given the stage for the first 10 minutes. And then... And then it just dissolves six minutes later on on the actual scoreboard. Like it, it's just 
Like they shut everyone up who was worried about, you know, how they were playing coming into this, whether they were turning the switch on and off. Quietly they were. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's undisputed now that they're the champs and they have a chance to do something that only eight teams have done, Josh, which is go back to back. And you could tell that they enjoyed right around the third quarter that they were that they were not only shutting up the Bills, but they were shutting up everyone who thought that they were vulnerable um, going into this game. And, and that is so different from a year ago where they just wanted to do it. They just wanted to prove to themselves that, hey, we can do this. We can, like, get to the Super Bowl. Um, and they were sort of, you know, given a lot of energy in terms of making sure that Andy Reid got a Super Bowl as a head coach. This year, it's just it's just an angry run-it-back tour that reached its most, you know, um, how shall I say this, its most vengeance form yesterday. Here's some, I'm just, I've got one other, like, point of context that I want to just see if you guys have the same reaction on this. It's a story that just popped up while recording the show. Um, first of all, can we get a very quick round the room? How do we feel about Lamar Jackson? I would say Lamar Jackson was the rightful MVP last year. His game's not perfect, but he's he's one of the five most exciting players mm-hmm. in the sport, probably. I, there. Am, I am nodding my head, correct, uh, in agreement. yes. Seth, you going to give me that, top five? Yeah. There's a tweet from Ian Rappaport saying, the Ravens want to lock up quarterback Lamar Jackson to a big contract early. And my first thought when I saw that was, oh, nice, that's not going to work. <laughs> and who is that not true for if the scale is, is this team going to be better than the Chiefs are? Like, the Josh Allen had this season where, where he was all sorts of better than he was last year, and I was not afraid of Josh Allen basically from Thursday through the final score. Wow. Whenever I was going back to that first game. Honestly, go, going back to the first matchup, which I did was doing late last week, Spags won that matchup. We, we talked about this on on the Thursday yep. or Friday episode. Yep. This was not. This did not feel in any way sort of inevitable. Josh Allen isn't going to to change the tide in the AFC. Lamar Jackson's not going to do it. Deshaun Watson's certainly not going to do it in Houston. Eric Bieniemy, Leslie Frazier, Josh McCown. There is not going to be a peer in the AFC for at least five years, with the core being largely intact from this point till then. Not to say that the Chiefs will be in the Super Bowl representing the AFC every one of those seasons. It's really hard. And if Patrick Mahomes would have gotten hurt earlier against the Browns or it would have been more serious, then we're probably looking at a different situation right now. But to expect anything other than the Chiefs to be back in the Super Bowl this year, next year, three years from now would be foolish. And that is so difficult. The Patriots did that. No one else in either conference has done that in our lifetimes. Go ahead, Seth. Oh yeah, I'm respecting. I'm respecting the. Uh, you know what? That's my bad, guys. I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I just I'm out of shape. I'm that's in right. here. Listen, get some shots off. We got to just get you back in the gym here. Get yeah, some just, shots up. You don't sure. play your so way back I, into I, shape. I muffed that punt. And <laughs> it's early and now. It's early. I, I, I muffed that punt. It's early. But you guys are gonna go ahead after seeing that I muffed the punt. You're gonna say, "Let's get him the ball. Let's get him yes. the ball." Because yeah, no doghouse for you. That's what that's what great coaches do, by the way. Um, I agree in large part just because what we've seen so far, like what does it take to keep a Patrick Mahomes led team out of the Super Bowl? We have three years of examples. 
Mm-hmm. One thing that it took was the greatest quarterback in history with the greatest coach in history mm-hmm. getting lucky. Because Ford lined up offsides. You talking about mm-hmm. that coin? You talking about that coin toss? And yeah, that, really, coin toss. that coin, yeah, they needed D Ford to line up offsides. Which, uh, by the way, that 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 drive that the Chiefs had to tie that game up and force overtime after D Ford's just inexplicable error was still one of the most legendary things that goes under. Like it flies under. They had thirty seconds left. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna make two of the best throws anyone's ever seen. So that was yeah, kick he, field. But by, by the way, one of my favorite plays of that of that whole game was. Okay, I only got 30 seconds left. All right, I'm going to scramble out to my right. Somebody get open. Somebody get open. Somebody get open. Actually, I could throw Spencer Ware open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he could throw him open, okay? It, exactly. Oh. He, it, was, it, was, it was one of the greatest throws I've ever seen. And then he followed it up with an unbelievable throw to, to uh, uh, Demarcus Robinson. Yes. Just the whole thing is just ridiculous. Also, real quick, real quick, just one more thing. One thing you didn't mention, Seth, that team had the worst defense I've ever seen on a good team. Ever. Yes. Like, that, and that performance against the Patriots was a nightmare. It was all of that. And that, it barely kept them out. Correct. You needed, they still went to the AFC Championship game. They still really had it won. And that's, <laughs> so, I mean, they, they had it. They had yeah. it. I'm still, I'm still pretty upset by that. Um. But that's the example we have of the Chiefs not getting to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and look, three years is still a relatively short sample size. I get that. Teams fluctuate and come and go. Tyreek Hill's next contract, um, the extenuating circumstances that were there for his first contract are not there anymore. And that dude is going to get paid. Like mm-hmm. um, Now, I would argue that I think he values where he's at and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I mean... I don't know about hometown discount. Maybe, maybe to keep playing with Mahomes. It's a but, it's a my hometown discount. That yeah, would be my hometown best. discount. <laughs> um, yeah. and and I'm sure Hill is aware that he's better off here than he would be probably pretty much anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, circumstances change. This team isn't always going to be this stack. I don't think. Although if they keep just like, hey, it's our fourth round pick. What should we do? Let's draft a guy who really had he been drafted in the first round and stayed healthy, probably would have made the Pro Bowl this year in Legarius Sneed. Like, if they keep doing crap like that, okay, fair enough. But the only sample size we have is luck. And that was one of the greatest teams in history with an mm-hmm. unbelievable defense. And they needed a terrible Chiefs defense, like historically bad, and terrible luck to not make the Super Bowl. Uh, last year, they they had the comebacks and everything. This year, they overcame, oh, oh you, know, you know what would knock them out is an injury to Mahomes. Would it, though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, because anything is possible. And I, so I just, the, there doesn't really seem, there's not a lot that would make me say, oh, that should make this team favored over the chiefs next year. Like, let's say even if the chiefs, let's say they go to the Super Bowl and lose could happen. Arians is a great coach. Tom Brady's there. They got a great defense, all that stuff. That's not going to change next year. There's the the chiefs are going to be the clear and easy favorite in the AFC. And I'm trying to think of any move that any team could make. That would change that. You know, like everyone's talking about, oh, you know, the Colts, they they need a, you know, they got to replace. They should trade for Matt Stafford. Okay, let's say they trade for Matt Stafford and sign Allen Robinson. That would be a coup, right? Like, sure. wow, yeah. good for them. Still wouldn't be favored over the if Chiefs. The, if, let's see, 
If the what if the Bills traded for Deshaun Watson, upgraded the quarterback situation? Oh, did oh, I do that on you? Do Don't you do it? No. Oh, Bills fans are so nice. Why am I so salty about it? I don't know. It's a me problem. It's not your fault, Bills fans. I don't know. Some of them Cute. were really mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> your, your Twitter, your Twitter has just been in some. You've got you've got fake people angry at you, Seth. I don't. I can't explain your Twitter, dude. It is it is an interesting thing that that does sign sum up my Twitter experience well. That I have like fake people angry at me. Um, Not a joke. Actually, true. Very weird. No. Yeah, it was it was a whole deal. But I, I just can't think of a move that is realistic, you know, and I'm not saying like, I mean, it could even be an incredible move, but realistic that would make anyone but the Chiefs favored. Because I guess, sure, you could say like, well, you know, if uh, Nick Bosa and Aaron Donald went to the Bills and then, you know, <laughs> they also got Allen Robinson and, and DeAndre Hopkins, then they'd be favored. And even then I'd be like, would they though? Like, <laughs> and then they probably would be, yes. But there's nothing realistic that can happen with it. Like if you, here's a thought exercise. And look, people need to accept at this point, we're going to be gushing over the Chiefs for an hour, right? Like we've all agreed on that. We'll do it more specifically about this game after you, after this sure. point. I've got a couple. Yeah. I, want, I do want to zoom if in. If you game. combined the, who, who are the, who are the other two best teams in the AFC? The Bills and who? The Ravens? The. If, you could get, when, yeah. When healthy, when healthy, I would say the Ravens. Okay. Yeah. I'm not willing to say anything that nice about the Titans. So yeah. If you combined the Bills and the Ravens. And said, you can have, you know, you got to pick a, a 53-man roster, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you get to pick the best. Would that team be favored over the Chiefs next year to make the Super Bowl? I'm not sure they would. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Here's the thing. Here, I'll give you my actual thought process. First of all is that they don't have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs do. Right. Second thing is depth over the course of an entire season, like that kind of depth would come in really, really Real handy. handy. And my thought yep. was like, man, the Chiefs offensive line has been absolutely curb stomped this year. And they're going to the Super Bowl. And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. That was what I was doing internally there. That, my answer was I was trying to make that case. And the Chiefs don't have that kind of depth. In fact, I've heard a couple of times people talk about the roster being kind of top-heavy, which I think is kind of true, kind of fair. Um, and frankly, like even not all of their highest-paid guys have had the, their like Frank Clark is their their highest cap hit this year, and you know he he showed up a couple of times yesterday, but but he has not been their most you know uh, productive player to match that cap hit. And they've still they went fourteen and one in the games their starters played and then are going back to the Super Bowl. So I, I don't know. Pro- 
I, I don't I don't I don't know if if Patrick Mahomes is on this team, I want this team. And that's that's the exact thing there. Notice what you did with your analysis there. Nate, I'm curious your thoughts on this too, but I do want to note something you did there, Josh. Even then, you notice you're relying on kind of like injuries to take a toll a little bit more on Kansas City. Yeah. Like it's yeah. still, it's not really based around, and this, I, you know, I know we talked beforehand and, and we've got an article I'm writing that that's kind of based on this. Teams would have to rely, like that's kind of hoping like, well, if the Chiefs get dinged up by injuries, you know, and both of our teams do, we'll have more depth. But there's still like, it doesn't rely, like, I mean, it relies a little bit on the Chiefs having a little bit of bad luck. Yeah. And that's crazy. Not that they might have bad luck, but that that's no. How good it's they insane. Are. It's insane. Can I give you this? This is a weird tangent, but I I'm what I want to give you. I doing cap hits at the day after the AFC Championship game is one of the dumber <laughs> things that I've advocated for. But just to put that idea into perspective, I'm going to give you Chiefs players this year who are making eight million dollars or more against the cap, mm-hmm. and I want you to tell me how many of these guys you think have like earned that particular value this season. It's very, it's a very narrow way of looking at it, but I've kind sure. of got a, a thought. So Frank Clark at $19 million. I'll give it to you, Seth, because you you are you like Frank Clark. You've evaluated mm-hmm. Frank Clark. He's had big moments, but I would rather you say than me the answer to $19 million of Frank Clark this year. Oh, good, good. We're yeah. making me the one that when this <laughs> clip gets played, no, I no, get no, no. Daniel, please. Daniel, um, please don't do this. No, no, it's fine. Frank Clark. Frank Clark will kill will kill Seth. Yeah, he just on would. Twitter. And so I um I would say he would probably say that all he cares about is the playoffs, and I agree with that. But with uh-huh. that taken into account, has he played as well as most defensive ends that you would expect on a nineteen million dollar contract? No. And there's also some, there's a really interesting chart to that end a couple of days ago that I thought was so I'll, I'll you know I'll make the calls to make it quicker here. Frank Clark, no. Tyree Kill, yes. yes. Tyron Matthew, yes. yes. Sammy Watkins, nope. Mm. Eric Fisher, yes. yes. Chris Jones, yes. yes. Anthony Hitchens, I'm willing at thirteen yes. million dollars. I, I would actually say yes. better but, this year. Yes. He, he's coming around. And Absolutely. watch, watch the Bills tape. Watch the Bills tape. Absolutely. That dude matters. Sorry, sorry. No, no, that's fine. I'm, well, I'm good with not, that. I just wanted. Not, to- not only is he a quality starting NFL linebacker, it's Darius Harris behind him right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you have to account for that as well. <laughs> Yeah, not, no, not so to I'm, throw shade at Darius Harris is just very inexperienced player versus you know a, a guy who's the green dot on the actual defense. Hundred percent. And then after that, it's Travis Kelsey, uh, which will say yes. And then and then I cut it off at eight million dollars because Eric Berry has an eight million dollar dead cap hit this year. <laughs> I forgot about that. I yep. know. Stretch that so thing I'm, out over two years. There are nine guys on this roster who have an eight million dollar cap hit or higher. And a third of them have not been worth that money. A third of those guys with those big cap hits have not actually performed to justify those numbers. And I don't think that is that was the plan. You know what I mean? Like I don't, and I don't think that would work for almost anyone. But the Chiefs have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and then the guys that have performed that level, specifically Kelsey Hill, Matthew Jones, Fisher, Hitchens. I mean. The, those guys, then the impact they had, and then obviously the impact of you know Patrick Mahomes at five million dollars has been has been absolutely outrageous. Yeah, I I think that's kind of in, an interesting way of looking at the idea that they're they're top heavy, but it works whenever it's successful. Yes, they're, 
they're hitting 60% of the time on those of those big cap hits this year. And, and it, uh, it worked. And we, you and I have talked about this a lot. It's not about spending money. Spending money is not bad. It's mm-hmm. about spending money on the wrong players. And people really have... Now, again, next year, there's going to be some exceptions to this because the cap's going to go down for the first time in forever. Yep. Um, and I really look forward to people solidifying their opinions on the salary cap mm-hmm. in a year affected by a worldwide pandemic. That's... Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to that. It's <laughs> just like, see, I always do the salary cap matter. It's like, well, sure, I guess, but whatever. If you by and large hit on those guys and they play at a high level, you can be a top heavy roster. You just can't right. have absolute garbage everywhere else. You you know, it, this is where coaching matters. Yeah, coaching like, and scouting. Yep. Yep, coaching, scouting, those those small edges that you can buy yourself. Those those matter a great deal, and that's where the Chiefs, sure, they're a top-heavy roster, but they also have quality players throughout the roster. And so they, they, I also, I'm sorry, I just caught this also. I skipped Mitch Schwartz because he's on IR, $11 million. So there's another one, actually. It's it's 6 out of 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they and so they've done fine hitting. And then the thing is, what does it mean to hit on those guys? Because, like, there's a difference between hitting on a guy who plays really well under that contract and hitting on a Chris Jones, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a difference. And, and you saw that on a few of those third downs. Chris Jones wrecks third downs. And that is a skill that is almost impossible to replicate, um, is especially you know in high-pressure situations, all that stuff. Um, Tyron Matthew, when you hit at that level, when you hit at that level of Patrick Mahomes, that makes a big difference. And so it, it just... It'll be interesting to see the different iterations of this team, but I mean, they really, they are top heavy and that's fine. And it kind of goes against everything that we've always heard. It's like, you know, you're almost better off with a roster of, you know, 53 average players paid $5 million a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, can Josh, can we talk about Josh Allen? I would love to talk about really anything you want from this game. Uh, I because I just took us down a weird over the cap dot no, rabbit no, hole. So no, yeah, it's good. let's circle it's back good. to this AFC Championship. Game. It's good. Cook me it's up good. a little something tasty about Josh Allen. Oh, it, it, we had a really nice discussion here because it, it explains like how a roster is built that is necessary to have things kind of go your way when you also have the best quarterback under 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 uh, the salary cap value. Um, so look, they they they've as I said before, the front office was bullish and to some degree, arrogant about, no, we the best. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, we the best. Like, no. I mean, the other teams, I mean, like, cool, Brendan Bean, go out there and get your executive, uh, you know, of the year award. Shout out to Brian Dable. Do your thing, dog. But nah, nah. So, in light of that, can we talk about Josh Allen? Josh Please. Allen. <laughs> oh, my heart. Oh, it feels so good. Now, as, as, a, as a good friend of mine, uh, another shout out. I want to get this name right. Williams Felsberg last night at 643 Central Time tweeted me and Josh and said, This, this was the wild ride, Josh Allen. You was always talking about. And yes. damn it, yes, it was, kids. Can I can I just can I just sprinkle in a couple highlights of what my man was doing out here? Um <laughs> even though the Chiefs have put on film for weeks. That luxurious knee was going to come off the edge, particularly in the slot. Homeboy mm. wasn't ready. Um, mm-hmm. When they did blitz him, he went backwards. And not in the way that, like, Patrick Mahomes does it, where it's like he still has some level of control of how the play is going to 
outcome. No, he just run backwards. Just ran backwards. Like, put his head down, stop looking at the receivers, just ran backwards. Homeboy went outside the framework of the offense, went outside the pocket, and had the frame of mind to still throw a pass as his feet were literally touching the out-of-bounds. And Derek, <laughs> and Derek Nottie's like, dog, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> he's so good. He's so fun to watch. Now, it's clear that perhaps the stage was a bit, a, a bit too big for him. And it's unfortunate because I'm, I'm assuming Brian Dable prepared these fellas, but, you know, the quarterback execution just wasn't at a high enough level. All right. Here's the secret that nobody else could do that the Ravens kind of the Ravens kind of gave a blueprint for the Chiefs. Just want to be clear on this. So the Ravens deserve some credit for their divisional round matchup because they only gave up 10 points. Now, at some point, Brian Dable was like, we just gotta move, we just gotta move Stefan Diggs around. Outside, slot, hell, motion him, hell, put him in the backfield. Can we just <laughs> get him in any aventational matchup for Josh Allen? Because Cole Beasley. Shout out to him, heart of a lion. He was just hurt. He he was hurt. Like he he what what Cole Beasley did yesterday, I thought was wildly impressive based on the things I was hearing out of Buffalo. Um, but the Chiefs were like, um, we're we're just as fast as he is, and if we take him away, we take you away. You can have all these yards. You can have as many rushing yards as you want, as long as you don't like break a tackle and score a touchdown. But you can have all these rushing yards, but that dude is not beating us. And Legarius need. Traverius Ward and Bershawn Reeland. And like wow. they, can can we can we just acknowledge that they covered the NFL's leading receiver? They 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 covered him. Covered. White on rice. <laughs> like they, white on rice for several snaps. Now I know mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs was on the injury report too with an oblique injury. I am aware of this. But Josh Allen could not do the thing that Patrick Mahomes is. It's just a just just a bit better at, which is oh the oh this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. Cool, I can I can still give us success on plays, and that's the difference. While Josh Allen can do unconventional things that make my football heart flutter, um, <laughs> it was hilarious to know that hey you hadn't been on this stage before and you can clearly see it. Because he threw yeah. the football at Alex Okafor when the game was over, yeah. Like just, just you know, like that 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 week six matchup. I was so upset that Josh Allen did not give me what I thought he was going to give me, but he he made up for it in the AFC Championship. He <laughs> he made up for it to where, and this is not on this is not his fault, but it was clear in the third quarter, Seth, that I'm just going to have to start throwing in the tight windows, and that is yep. never great. And, you know, Bashad Breeland was there and, you know, Rashafin got the interception and that was about the end of the game. But you put out a couple clips on Twitter, Seth, and I want to ask mm-hmm. you, given all the things that Josh Allen was trying to do when everything wasn't going optimally, there are a couple plays that you put on Twitter that I just want you to explain. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes was putting in these Patrick Mahomes was put in similar positions. And he rose above the Bills in, in almost every opportunity. Yes. And that's the difference between the quarterbacks. That is that is literally the difference. And that's, you know, there's there's a few differences that I you could obviously go into. But so when I watch Josh Allen, he is capable. And I, I tweet He's so talented. Stupid. 
during the game that a lot of people gave me a hard time for that I kind of tried to retract a little later, where it's just like, hey, you know, Josh Allen's capable of creating out of structure just as well as Mahomes. And it was it was a foolish way of phrasing it. And I paid for it by people telling me how foolish it was because (laughs) Josh Allen is capable of making the same plays. He just can't do it as consistently because Mm. it's so much more frantic. Mm -hmm. It's so much more frenetic. With Mahomes, there's that, um, you know, to compare him to someone um, that they talked about this all week before the Bucs just eviscerated him. Um, Shout out to you, Aaron Rodgers, uh, for showing us that you are not the best quarterback in the league under pressure. So, I sorry, that's because, sorry. Fun. No, that's fine. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a fair shot. My headphones cut out. It's because it's Josh Allen, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so the <laughs> so the the thing with with Mahomes is that much like they talk about with Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes always seems very calm, and it's easy to think otherwise because you know, he's scrambling around doing these crazy things. But when you look at his expression during plays. Or before and after. I mean, he gets amped up, obviously, after scores and that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. the things he does, they're measured. And we've talked about this before. That's why he can make all these crazy throws and doesn't throw that many picks. And you can talk to me about potential picks all you want. Let's go through the tape. Well, I'll talk to you about potential picks. I chart them. I was charting them five years ago before anyone else was talking about them. So don't talk to me about potential picks if you don't want to talk about the film. Sorry, I got annoyed. Um... He, he can do these crazy things and be less risky because it's also calculated. And that's where you see a couple plays here. And I, and I, I tweeted a few of them out, just a couple of them. There, and they would have been on the Chiefs' just, third just drive. Talk, just talk about the third um, were, were two of them. Where the Bills had a free rusher. Uh, Milano. We talked about him last Third week. 36, Milano. He, they said Milano the, was going to be a difference. He they was going to be the difference maker. Milano had been on the field. Hey, Matt Milano can cover Travis Kelsey, right? Hey, oh, he can man. have a difference. He can hit Patrick Mahomes <laughs> with a bad toe and coming off the concussion Bronco. They told me that Milano was a Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They, they treated him like the difference maker. And <laughs> that was really funny. So, the, the, the real issue that you have, and you, this gets shown off on this play, is he had a free run at Patrick Mahomes, an absolutely free run. And sometimes you say things like a free run, and you're like, yeah, but it wasn't like a real free run, was it? You know what I mean? This was yeah. like a complete, literally no one blocked the man. No one touched him. On third and six, which you can talk about scheme, that's less than ideal. Schematically, <laughs> there's my analysis on that. And and is, oh well, they let him go so that way he could throw it. No, they didn't. No. That's not what happened there. There was either Mahomes either missed it or there was a protection breakdown because I'm pretty sure they didn't mean for the right tackle and right guard to both block someone to the left as a free blitzer came in. And note that the running back heading out of the backfield was covered. Your emergency, that's your normal, that's your emergency, right? On your side of the field, that's your hot guy. He was covered. To where if he'd have checked it down to him, which Mahomes looked at him and then decided to keep it inexplicably, inexplicably, so inexplicably, I couldn't pronounce it explicably, <laughs> he kept it anyway because he saw he was covered. And he just sidesteps him a little bit. And as Milano is trying, and I think he knew. You know what I mean? Like, he knew. That 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 is when he knew, Seth. That's when he knew. <laughs> That's when he let knew. Let me tell you, let me tell you, you know. <laughs> Right, we're going to we get to Sean McDermott. Oh, we're going to get to him. But No, I got dibs. That's mine. Matt you, you guys Milano. have each other thing so far. I'm waiting. I'm, I literally have Ben Baldwin's fourth down decision bot up on my screen right now. That one's mine. Matt Milano was like, you know what, boys? 
rally, get on my back. Rally around me because I wasn't yep. there the last time. And when yep. I get my shot, I'm going to make a play. And it was 14-9. We got to get a stop. Third and yep, six. Yep. You got to make a play, dog. Like, we yep, got to yep. give Josh another opportunity to get us back in this game. And, and that's when he knew. Yep. And, and he couldn't do it. I mean, so, I mean, we're talking free rusher. And so when you watch the way Mahomes deals with those situations and Josh Allen is probably the third best, maybe fourth best creative quarterback in the NFL and all due respect to Russ Wilson. Um, he, he, he's able to do a lot of things, but he doesn't do it calmly. When Mahomes sidesteps a guy, it's not frantic. When he backpedals away from the defense, it's not frantic. It's very calm, just kind of looking around like, ah, what can I do? And it's like he just sees the field differently, like things move a little slower yeah. for him, whatever it is. And plays like that, and this is part of why, you know, I'm, I'm writing about the Chiefs right now. They, they can be virtually unstoppable because even if you call the right defense and you get instant pressure and you've got the hot read cover, there are consistently times where it's not going to matter. And that is really the the difference with Mahomes and Josh Allen. For one, um, Josh Allen is easier to flummox with coverage and blitzes. We saw that, yeah. right? Yeah. Two games in a row, Spagnolo dialed up a very similar, although executed differently game plan of, of, of tight coverage, going after him, blitzing here, sending guys from different angles. And Josh Allen got beat by it twice in a row. He just did. And Mahomes, I haven't seen him get beat by the same game plan since... 2018, they're just in a different place in terms of pre-snap. And then post-snap, Mahomes is just so much less frantic. He's so much calmer. It's not even close between the two of them. And I don't say that as a denigration to Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a very, 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 very good quarterback. And it's not even close between him and Patrick Mahomes. All all three of us, hell, all four of us, including Danielle, we love Josh Allen. We need Josh Allen. This this show is pro-Josh Allen. Yeah, we need we need Josh Allen to be successful for multiple years moving <laughs> forward, along with Deshaun Please. Watson if he stays in the conference, and you know Lamar Jackson. We love all of them. Um, Seth, who's a more accurate passer, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Well, moving on, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, let's let's go to this because I I have been sitting here for a minute and waiting to bring up the way that this game got coached. And God bless you, Nate, for tweeting about this, tweeting through this uh, in a way that uh, really I think brought the listeners of this show to kind of a common a common mindset, which is. Coach McDermott should listen to the podcast, honestly. I don't know. I don't know what else you're doing with your free what, time. What more can we do? Okay. <laughs> we can now, we can grab you by the lapels and oh, drag you to water, but we what? cannot make you drink it, coach. Yeah. Now, another shout out to Andrew Whiteside on Twitter, who also at 7:58 p.m. last <laughs> night was like, the Bills really didn't listen to Times Ours. And no, they didn't. No, they <laughs> didn't. So I, here's the thing. I'm not even going to itemize each one of their little messes because there were a handful of them. <laughs> they, the, by, by again, using uh, Ben Bolton's work on Decision Bot, which is really good. It shows you how it ends up with the numbers it ends up with. It's very fun. They, they probably should have gone for it whenever the game was tied 0-0 from the 33. Like, that first three points they scored, they probably should have just gone for it mm-hmm. uh, near the middle and, of the field. And, and, and in that moment, me, we were all concerned, Josh. We were all concerned. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like, but didn't you just go for it on fourth and one? And, and hey, had a nice right. creative play design to get you the first down. All right, mm-hmm. we, we got a game. The Bills know, and I tweeted, Bills know what's up. They know they got to be out here getting faulty. And then, and, and why is the field go? Why is the kicker on the field? Why? Why? For what? Well, then what about what about whenever you're all of a sudden down by five? It's fourth and three. You're on your own 32 yard line. That's not great. But you need three yards. Otherwise, you're giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. What's going to happen the next time you get the ball again? Well, what about fourth and goal from the two, <sighs> down 21 to nine? It's, You're gonna take the twenty-yard field goal it's, down it's, twenty-one to nine to take mm. it from a two-possession game mm. to a two-possession <laughs> game. Mm. There is a tweet here that is oh. this stat is outrageous, and this is a really smart little thing to research in on from uh, from Josh Dubow, perhaps of the Associated Press. Patrick Mahomes has had 63 full non-kneel-down drives in his postseason career. The Chiefs have averaged 3.75 points per drive on those possessions. What that means is that averaged out, you know, maybe maybe you're the team that's going to break the trend. Buffalo didn't seem like it based on how that game was going, but let's just say, on average... If you as an offense, you you possess that football for eight minutes on that drive, and you run the ball, and you establish the run. You eat the clock, Josh Allen stays in bounds. You, oh, you're gobbling that clock up like Pac-Man, baby. And you get down to the two-yard line, oh. and you kick a field goal. Oh. You are now down by three-quarters of a point. Because <laughs> whenever average. Patrick Mahomes yep. gets the ball back, it's going to turn into 3.75 on average. Now, that's not accounting for offenses who have to punt, which the Bills did because they had at least one or two real long shots that even I think the bots said they should probably punt it on. You you have to account for 
Whenever Patrick Mahomes has the ball, you have to assume mathematically that those pos- each possession is going to turn into about four points. Not every drive will get exactly 375 because that's how averages work. No, no kick is worth 3.75 points. The Chiefs will settle for field goals occasionally. They will score touchdowns if, if it looks like the offense did against the Browns and the Bills. In the playoffs, they're going to score touchdowns pretty much whenever they want to. If you can create a turnover or, or have a, a long fourth down in their own territory where they punt after that, if, if you do everything along that way as perfectly as possible, but it, it ends with you kicking a field goal whenever you get the ball, you have put yourself in a hole. That is ridiculous. It's, I mean, do we need to put out a document and just send it to the, to the league and just be like, yo, uh, call this number. Uh, if anything's confusing to you, um, please give us a call, okay? Because it takes 31 at minimum. Okay, and even that wouldn't have gotten you a victory yesterday. But I Sean McDermott is a really good coach. Mm-hmm. And so he tried he tried something in week six that was interesting, which was like, hey, even the linebackers are gonna be in coverage. I don't care what situation it is. Okay. No one's flying to the ball. So hey, they kept him under 30. Cool. But you know, whatever. Uh this time I thought with that information in hand. You could combine it with new play calls or something, or a wrinkle or two, and just mm-hmm. true on aggression um, to video like purport, video game like proportions, because that's what it's going to take um, mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Stop caring about stop caring about your defense, coaches. Stop stop caring about their feelings. Stop caring right. about what the chart says. Stop caring about the idea that like. This may not look good if we get blown out because uh, you, 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 you didn't even he didn't even do a big video, which, <laughs> which, which saddens me. Like you didn't even lose good. Like you kind of. Right. Yeah, at least go down swinging. You know, yeah. that reminds me, you know, when Phil Rivers, like that last throw he threw as a charger where he was he seemed like he thought he might retire and he was kind of emotional at his press conferences. I, I hope people remember me as like. I mean, yeah, I, I threw a pick, but I threw it because it was our only chance to win was to throw the ball, was to throw that ball. And like Phil Rivers, you know, he does things that annoy me on the field sometimes, but that's the proper mentality, right? It's like, look, this is my only shot, so I have to go down swinging. As opposed to just the long, slow march to death. And so I, I yeah, the, uh, you know, so Josh, it was actually kind of funny. I... I so I watch on Hulu, and mm. so I'm behind. I mi- I missed a small portion of the last about a minute of your conversation because a foreign dog with muddy paws just appeared in my living room. Mm. So that uh. was sorry if Nate said anything really important. I may have missed it. No, he's he, he's just explaining how bad it is. It was basically the idea of slowly capitulating to defeat. Right? Yeah. You're not even going down yes, swinging. Yes. yes. And so then I and so then I I talked about Phil Rivers being a being a guy who at least went down swinging, even though it was always like, you know, throwing picks and whatnot. Right. Um, right. But so here's, here, here's the thing that I would note for one, that's an insane stat because it's worth noting that if they're averaging 3.75 yards per or yards, uh, that would be a terrible stat. If they're averaging that many <laughs> points per drive, that means you, you have to average more than a field goal. Generally speaking, 
You can't count on stopping them. And that seems to be something that just breaks the brain of even really good coaches. If that makes sense, like they just can't get around the idea that we cannot count on our defense to get a stop. Stop worrying yeah. about your defense. Like yeah. you have to score touchdowns. Like it's just with that level of speed, the exceptionalism of the quarterback, the complimentary play calling, you have to score 37. Like the Patriots had to score 37 points. In the AFC Championship game in 2018. Are people just not realizing this? Do coaches just like... I don't get it. People still talk about the time of possession in that game and the rushing But not the points! They They scored 37 points! points. You have to score a lot of points. And then everyone says, well, I mean, I don't know. It worked for a while for the 49ers. For a while, yes, and you don't have Nick Bosa. Like, you, you don't. And that's where, like, so like the Bucks. Really good team. Vita Via being back is huge for them. Huge. Awesome defense. But if they try to game plan around holding the Chiefs to 30 or less, that's a mistake. Yeah. Because you can't count on it. Now, hey, maybe you will, right? Maybe the Chiefs will commit enough unforced errors. Like, you know, like seriously, even in the first quarter when the Chiefs fell behind, I'll be honest with you. Like, I tweeted something like, well, you know, if they're going to lose, this is how it's going to happen is, is unforced errors. Yeah. But they were so clearly... In position, like, you know, the Bills, when they moved the ball, it was like torture for them. And the Chiefs, the only reason they didn't score their first possession is because Hill dropped a perfect throw. That was really a great throw, too. Um, And then Hardman, you know, had the muff. And it's like, look, unless you're counting on those things happening all game, you need to assume that they're going to put up points. And so you need to put up points. And I I think Bruce Arians is going to get this. So I think I think it should be a great Super Bowl. Well. It helps that Tom Brady can actually tell him, dog, I was up a lot, and they scored 31 points in the second half <laughs> of an AFC championship game when they were there for the first time. Like, right. It, it, it helps and, that. And Tom's, Tom's seen this. He yes. knows. Yes. And, and so it really is. They're going to have the same mentality that I think the Chiefs have about Tom. Is like, we can't give this dude the ball back. We have to win it on offense. And that, I think, it just breaks coaches' brains because it goes against the idea of complimentary football. I get all of that. But the reality is this is a team you cannot game plan around stopping them because historically speaking, especially in the playoffs, or, and I wrote about this earlier this year, especially when they're losing or in a big game, all that stuff, they are historically great. And what makes you think you're going to be different? Like you want to you want to hear a wild you want to hear a wild stat, Seth? Yes, always. Um, Patrick Mahomes has only surrendered two turnovers in his seven postseason games. <laughs> Crazy. The entire Chiefs special teams unit has surrendered <laughs> more in that space. <laughs> That's so true. Um, but no, it uh, was it was such a God. it was such a great game, such a dominant performance. Um. They're really there's not enough nice things that you could say about the how well the Chiefs played, um, and Reed did Reed for the second game in a row outcoached thoroughly a Thorough. guy who's probably who probably got more votes for Coach of the Year, and yep. it just it it still upsets me that Reed's been around so long that he's probably not going to win that award ever again. MVP is go going to Rogers, go one of the dudes that. One of the dudes that Andy Reid is going to elim- either has or will eliminate is Coach of the Year. Uh, the team the Chiefs just bounced in a 
dominant effort. That's that team's got the, the executive of the year. That's just how it's going to be, man. Like that's just I mean, we've talked about this a bunch, but in in the span of of a year and in a half or something, the Chiefs went from being like the world's great underdog story and everyone's rooting for the young gun and the old head coach and all that stuff to being the team that everyone is just already pen- not even penciling, sharpying in to the AFC championship game and trying to find other people you can make an argument to give the awards to. Yep, pretty much. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's, it, it, I mean, it's it's honestly just, man, I had a lot of faith in Sean McDermott. I had a lot of faith, and he and he he let he let us down. You know, I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna get another 2018 kind of classic where I thought it was gonna be shootouts and back and forth, and you know, um, you're gonna have to have some cojones to 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 get to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. I, I just I hope the Bills take this and move forward with it in the same way the Chiefs did, obviously, because um, I do think they're a really really talented team. I just for an entire year, y'all, on a podcast, we told these coaches what to do, and none of them listened mm-hmm. outside of Matt Rule, who came from college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and had and had one of the worst overall teams to do yes. that with and did it. And did yeah. it. Cause he because he understood the moment we get off this plane, we have to do unorthodox things to put us in a chance to win. And they had a chance to win the game. Like if you're if you're Tampa Bay. And I know that we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. You just want a chance in the fourth quarter, whether with a field goal or a game-winning touchdown drive from Tom Brady. The the Carolina Panthers had a game-winning possession in their hands at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. They missed the field goal because it was, you know, really long. But still, they had a chance. And yep. the Bills couldn't even get that done when it really mattered most in their season. Right. And one thing that's interesting that we've kind of, you know, not glossed over, but <clears throat> basically when the Chiefs defense is playing as well as it played Sunday, I don't know what your answers are. You know what I mean? So like, I, yeah. I, I know that sounds like a well in McDermott's defense because you guys are absolutely right. Those indefensible positions. I don't mind as much like when Andy Reid isn't quite as aggressive as I'd like because he's not facing Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, right? True. It's like, it's Very like, true. hey. Three points might matter against this team. Field position matters against other teams, depending on who you're playing. Not nearly as much as the people, as some people think, but it still can matter situationally. But against the Chiefs, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, hey, we got 40 yards of field position. Whoa, Tyreek Hill just ran for 71 yards on a friggin' slant. Because that's how fast they are. They, they, they gain that back so quickly and so easily. It's like, oh, well, we, we got these 50 yards of field position. Three completions later, it's gone. And you got you to gotta assume it's going to work that way because it usually has. It's, you know, that's the idea of analytics is making, inf- is making decisions based on information. And all the information we have available says the Chiefs are going to move that ball. But on the flip side of things, you can almost see how McDermott, I'm wondering if the Chiefs defense playing as well as it did caused him to pucker up a little bit. Because it's like, oh, man, I my, my offense has been kind of – we all heard it well, all week, could, right? Like, they couldn't yeah. run the ball. Like, like yeah. that was the problem for McDermott was that they had honestly – you know, once they got behind, they had to become, you know, predictable. But, again, if you give Josh Allen four times to do crazy Josh Allen things, perhaps you move the ball 10 yards or more or get it into the end zone. I mean, there's, there's, there's yep. give and take to all of this, but – you know, I, I'm looking at the stats here, and Josh Allen was the leading rusher by a lot. I mean, well, you know, and 
that's another thing. I wonder if early on it kind of messed with their game plan. It's like, man, I thought I thought you could run the ball on these dudes. Yes. Like, what, what's going on here? And the Chiefs defense, I mean, they just clamped down. And I don't know what the answer is um, outside a quarterback having just a game out of his mind when the Chiefs defense is playing as well as it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Romo did a great job highlighting that. And it uh, also, and I, I'm going to be writing about this this week. Um, Juan Thornhill. Yes. He's back. To bring him up, run out of time. Yeah, he looked great. He's all over the place. And, and that's, I, I mean, that that was really my, that's really all I wanted to say. It was Juan Thornhill. I want to look <laughs> at the all 22, but in the, 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 the past defense that he had where Sneed got hurt, which hopefully Sneed's okay, because you could tell they started to move the ball a little better when Sneed went out. Yep. Like, he's become well, a very important when, part of what uh, they do. Stefan Diggs had 12 receiving yards in the first half. Yeah. 12. Yeah, it was – um, hold on, I have it open in a different tab here. Fourth quarter, Stefan Diggs was two for 49. Um, 49 of his 77 yards came in the fourth quarter when the game was largely over. Yes. And, 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 you know, they were playing, you know, much, much off compared to earlier in the game. Uh, yeah. The, the, the name that I would add to Juan Thornhill, uh, Seth, um, Derek Nottie. <sighs> yes. Derek Nottie. He, he and Anthony Hitchens were when, when they tried to run the ball, it was Derek Nottie was just like, no, I don't think you're going to. And it was it was impressive stuff, and I think it messed with their game plan. I really don't think McDermott expected. I I'm and I'm try, I always try to give people the benefit of a doubt here. I think McDermott went in probably expecting a shootout, and when he saw how hard it was for them to move the ball early, I think it messed with him. It's like oh I don't know if we can we can get that yardage. Mm-hmm. Which never mind mm-hmm. that that makes every possession all the more precious. Yes, right. Yes. And, right. and, and But I just think coaches, they are not taught to think that way. And I think we're going to have another five to ten years of the NFL being this way. Maybe it'll get sped up like all the praise Andy Reid got going forward on fourth down. You know, I mean, you've got Saban is saying good defense no longer beats good offense. Mm-hmm. And if Saban is saying that, you think eventually the world's going to start to take notice. And it's more, it's defenses are closer at the pro level than the college level. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of talent and just all that stuff. But you're going to see that starting to take hold. But in the meantime, the Chiefs have this inherent advantage because the way they play is a way no team is ready for. And seriously, though, the defense guys, like, I, it's pretty exciting. You you look at these, and I love when Romo does this where he, like, makes sure, hey, hey, zoom out here. Let, let's take a look at this. Who's he supposed to throw it to? Like, even, you know, they, they had the one 20-yard completion on, on, a, on a third down. It was Ben Neiman, and everyone got all mad at Ben Neiman. It's like, he was in good coverage. He was in place. Yeah, he was he was in the picture, as I say. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what's really required. And remember, we talked about this. Um, well, we, we actually didn't talk about it much because, you know, I wasn't around. But I think I mentioned it to you guys at some point. Maybe. I don't know. Josh, I mentioned it to you on 810 that the the completions that Baker Mayfield had in the divisional round were really good throws. Yeah. And that's where they've reached on the back end of their coverage is they've kind of got the horses in place to where they can clamp down back there. They trust Bashad Breland. They trust Charverius Ward. Ward is probably the weak spot in the secondary right now, and Ward is not a bad player. He outplayed mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs. <laughs> outplayed him. And... And so it's really one of those things where now you can also get even more aggressive with the blitzes that you send. And it becomes a really symbiotic thing, and it's fun to watch. Now we'll see what Tom Brady does to it, because I'm not sure about a 
blitz happy. Look, they're going to blitz the crap out of Tom Brady. It's going to happen. How well they get to him, whether or not Tom can adjust the protections correctly is going to be a huge part in whether or not this next game, and I know we'll talk about it, is going to be like a shootout or the Chiefs like making an argument for, hey, should we start being mentioned as one of the best teams in history? Because that's in play if they dominate the Super Bowl. Yeah. And and that continue well that will that will be regardless of how you mean for that conversation to happen it will go back to last year's team and it will reflect on to next year's team as well cuz they're going to have most of those same pieces and it's uh I don't hate it Seth I don't <laughs> hate that uh here, here's here's the one thing I do hate is that we've run out of time and so we're not going to really get to talk about Eric Fisher um Andy Reid confirmed this morning that Eric Fisher mm-hmm. tore his Achilles obviously his season is over um what this means for next year, we'll, we'll figure out when we get there. Um, if you guys want to drop in a, a little 30 seconds on that now, we'll, we'll talk much more about that, uh, I imagine, later this week and certainly next week. We'll have time to talk about what that will mean specifically yes. to the Buccaneers matchup, but if if you guys have anything on what it looked like whenever you saw the line get shuffled when he went out yesterday, uh, let, we, can, we can touch on that real quickly. Yeah, I, I, there'll be a story um, by the time you probably hear this in The Athletic that kind of explains what the Chiefs will probably do in the Super Bowl. Um, and some reaction to what Eric Fisher sort of went through um, when his season, unfortunately, came to an end. Um, Martinez Rankin is back. And so um, he may play in the biggest game of his life two weeks from now. Wow. That would be that's a good tidbit. Um, yeah, that's a curveball. Yeah. I mean, it's he was in uniform. And so um, mm-hmm. who knows? You know, he might be the swing tackle, but it, it's a lot of there's a lot of combinations to throw out there. But I would just say that, you know, Andrew Riley went to right tackle. Uh, Mike Rimmers went to left tackle. Mike Rimmers, quietly one of the most unheralded, unsung heroes yes. of the season. 100%. Um, and so, depending on what they want to do with Andrew Wiley going to the Super Bowl, puts in, you know, Martinez Rankin kind of into the uh, into the equation. Um, this is this is the interesting part for me. Andrew Wiley had to play right tackle one game already and did a really respectable job against a really tough opponent against the Saints. Yep. Um, their problems weren't him. Well, sometimes they were because, again, you know, Cam Jordan's just a beast. But mm-hmm. Fisher actually had a worse game that game than Andrew Wiley, which is no disrespect to Fisher. That stinks. They ask a lot of him. Um, he's become a very good player. That's a, that's going to be a bummer. But here's the thing. If Mike Remmers can play at an average level at left tackle and Andrew Wiley can play at an average level at right tackle, overall, because it puts Wisniewski at right guard instead of Wiley, where Wiley has struggled... Mm. I think the overall line might be just as good or better. Ooh. And that's and that's no disrespect to Fisher. Spicy. That's me saying that that really this whole time it should have been with Newski at right guard. Yeah. And I just think it's but an they, interesting they, thing that, that been, they might not been, hurt overall. Right. They've been reluctant all year, but when he's played, they've been relatively fine at that spot. With with Correct. Lesnuski. And so that's that's my thought there. And you know, it just it's kind of interesting because when you look at the the investment they've made on the offensive line, we're going to see some interesting O-line doesn't matter takes, mm-hmm. um, which, again, nothing really matters compared to Mahomes. And so then it's just a matter of degrees, like just finding It's sort things. of a Mahomes nihilism there. There's probably a good pun we could make. I can't quite find it yet. Yeah. But, the, but that's sort of Patrick Mahomes-based NFL nihilism. I think maybe that's... Maybe that's the future of all this. We have to we have to end the show right now. So I'm going to cut it off there. I'll tell you, if you want to hear more from Seth, you can check out the Chief of the North newsletter. 
uh, writing about the, the Chiefs' offense. You can uh, go read the articles that Nate's already written about the game and what he'll write about uh, with with the plans going forward. All sorts of great Super Bowl coverage in both of those places. Nate's on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. Seth is at Real MN Chiefs fan. I am at JB Briscoe, and we'll be all over Sports Radio 810 all week long as well. Uh, we'll be back before too long. Look ahead a little bit to the Super Bowl as the Chiefs will be there again, just as we've come to expect, I guess. Not really a joke, but a little insider for people who listen to the podcast. I want to write a story about fans and how they have remembered Wasp a year later. Um, So if you have any memorabilia of Wasp, if you have any art of Wasp, please reach out to Vine Taylor on Twitter. Uh, I want to interview fans about what it was like for them to experience Wasp and what it reflects on them uh, and about their fandom a year after the fact. So the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Two years in a row, but I do want to write about Wasp one more time with fans for fans. Not a joke, no impression. This episode stunk.